evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 25th, 2015 edition of Season 2 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of this season's episodes, as well as last season's episodes of The Court Report. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Hey everyone, welcome back from your vacations for those that were on vacations. I, I know that some people are sad that school is back in session tomorrow, but cheer up because as you know, with post-winter break comes playoffs, and that's what we're going to get to over the next uh, two weeks. We're getting ready for the playoffs for the last two weeks. For those that have listened into the court report, you know we've gone over the boys' hockey and the girls' basketball scenarios, which means this week we're going to dive into boys' basketball. So we're going to get to that. Uh, once we're done with that, we'll move back over to hockey and just give you the previews for the games on the coming week. And then, if there's still time, we'll run over the schedule for girls' basketball. Basketball. Um, I had a lot more stuff that I would like to have done in the intro, but because there's so much to do in boys basketball, including many scenarios that aren't quite worked out yet and won't be worked out till next week, I figured it's just best to dive right in and save that for the future weeks. So we're going to get started with boys basketball. We're going to start off. Uh, we're going to do the same thing we did with hockey last week. I'm going to break down the remaining schedules for JV and varsity basketball, and I'll tell you what each team can still do uh, when it comes the playoffs and how they can get there. Let's just explain first how basketball works. Both JV and varsity followed the same format, unlike hockey. Uh, and they also follow, well, hockey, sorry, hockey and JV and varsity follow the same format, but JV and varsity basketball follow a different format than JV and varsity hockey. Basketball follows along the way the hockey leagues used to work. There are six teams that make the playoffs from each division, and the way it works is the top two teams get a bye. Three and six from the same division face, and four and five from the same division's face. And then afterwards, it crosses over much like hockey will. So instead of going the cross, the divisional cross where it's four versus five from, uh, four from one division versus five from the other, four, five from one division face, three, six from one division face, and afterwards they reseed. So you have the two by teams getting one and two, how they finish. The next high team gets the third seed. And the next and the lowest seed gets the four seed, and then they flip based on based on uh, 
the Olympic style. So it'll be the same thing as in hockey, where East 1 will face West 4, East 2 will face West 3, East 3 will face West 2, and East 4 will face West 1. And it's broken down uh, in, a, in bracket style. It's a little complicated to uh, to draw for you here. I, I, again, I wish I had a, uh, a way to telestrate, but uh, I obviously do not. So going back to, now coming back to our... Uh, our our leagues. Uh, the easiest division in boys basketball, we'll start off in varsity, is the boys varsity west. This is because after this past Wednesday night, the six playoff teams have all been determined. This is a result of SAR's loss to Heschel. Heschel walked away with a 54-52 victory over SAR this past week, despite not hitting a field goal in the final quarter. SAR rallied back from a 17-point deficit to close the gap, but could not keep their postseason hopes alive. Sam Lipman netted 18 points in the win for Heschel, Rafi Kubersky scored 14 for the Sting. Arya Smith added 13. So uh, now Smith is going to have to take to the hockey court in order for to uh, to uh, play postseason sports. As a result, the only thing the West still has to figure out is the seeding. Well, all except for number one. That's the top seed. Uh, that belongs to the Frisch Cougars, who are a perfect 12-0 and and cannot be reached. Now that we know who our six playoff teams are, let's take a look at the standings and the remaining schedule for each of those teams. At the top, number one is Frisch at 12 and 0. Two is TABC at 9 and 3. Three Heschel 8 and 4. Uh, Heschel, uh, Hillel is at 7 and 5. Ramaz at 7 and 7. And JEC at 6 and 6. Those are our six playoff teams for the Varsity West. The great part of this is that, with the exception of Ramaz, all these teams have an equal number of games left, so it makes the analysis all that much easier. Frisch has its two interdivision games coming up against DRS and Flatbush. TABC still has to play Heschel and SAR. Heschel has TABC and Hafter. Hillel has Kushner and JEC. Ramaz, again at 7-7, seven and seven, has finished their season and just awaits everybody else. JEC has Hillel and Rambam. Let's start out at the top. Frisch has the division locked up. From here on out, it's all about you know the fluff for the Cougars. They will face DRS in an interconference showdown, with DRS coming off of their win to Hafter at the Sachin Tournament, with these two teams now ranked number one and number two in the country. Again, which we'll get to later when we discuss the Jewish Groups America Top 25. The Cougars are all about momentum now, much like in hockey with DRS and TABC squaring off in what could be a uh, a preview of a semifinal showdown. This could easily be one as well. That game will take place this Thursday night in DRS. The race for the second buy slot will come down to TABC and Heschel. Right now, the Storm hold the spot with a one-game lead over Heschel. Heschel, though, holds the tiebreak, at least until the two teams face next week. That game, although by that point the game may be meaningless as it applies to the two-seed. Why? It'll depend on what happens this Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday night has TABC facing a now-eliminated Sting. Uh, They'll have nothing but pride on the line, SAR will, while the Storm will come into the game knowing that a win could end things as Heschel will take on Hafter the next night. Should TABC win and Heschel lose, the Storm would be two games up on the Heat with only one game remaining, meaning that the Storm would get the second seed in the West. Should both win or both lose this week's games, next week's game would be enormous. At that point, it would be a winner-take-all game. Why? A TABC win would have them at either 11-3 and or 10-4, and while a Heschel loss would have them at 10-4 and or 9-5, and depending on what happens this past week. So TABC would take it based on record. You know, if TABC wins uh, both games, they'll be 11 and 3, while Heschel would be at best uh, at best 10 and 4. 
Whereas, uh, you know, if Heschel wins, the two teams would be tied at either 10 and 4 or 9 and 5. And Heschel would hold the season sweep on the Storm, having also defeated them by 8 back in early December. This would drop TABC down to the third seed to host a first round game against the West number 6 seed. So let's drop back a bit and assume that TABC takes the two seed, because if they take the three seed, our analysis isn't going to be very fun. The top three teams at that point would be Frisch, Heschel, and TABC in that order, and the bottom three would be Hillel, Ramaz, and JEC in some order. Not very exciting. But if we drop back and assume that TABC takes the two seed, things get much more entertaining because Hillel stays in the picture for the three seed. Now here's how that can happen, only one way. Because Heschel holds the tiebreak as a result of a three-point win back in November, Hillel needs to wind up a win ahead of them in order to up their seed. Because Heschel is 8-4 and four and Hillel is 7-5, and, and five, there's only one way, and that's Hillel needs to defeat both of their opponents, Kushner, who is winless and obviously eliminated from playoff contention, and a team that Hillel demolished in their opening game of the regular season, and JEC, a team that they beat by 30. So Hillel needs to do that, to do that and have Heschel lose, of their, lose both of their remaining games to Hafter and TABC. If that happens, Hillel will finish at 9-5 and five and jump Heschel at 8-6 and six into the third spot and force Heschel down to the fourth spot. Heschel cannot finish less than fourth, though, just to let you know, because of the tiebreak that it holds over JEC, and obviously Ramaz can't overtake them either. But that's that's how Heschel's season's fair. They can either be second, or they can be third, or fourth. No higher, no lower than those three. So now, moving on to Hillel. There is a way that Hillel can drop, though. This only happens, though, if Hillel loses both of their remaining games. If they win one, they've locked up at least a fourth spot. If they win none, then they are at the mercy of JEC. The Thunder could swoop in with two wins of their own over Rombaum and one over Hillel, and uh, and will jump Hillel to, fin- to finish at 8-6, and six, while Hillel would finish in a 7-7 tie with Ramaz, for whom Hillel holds the tiebreak, giving them the fifth seed and dropping Ramaz down to sixth. I see this scenario as being extremely unlikely, but you never know. The most likely outcome is that you will have the fifth and sixth seed battle between Ramaz and JEC. Ramaz obviously has no control over their own situation, as they have no more games remaining. So it all really boils down to JEC. Should the Thunder win zero, or only one of their games remaining with Hillel or Rambam, Ramaz will take the fifth seed and JEC the sixth seed. Should JEC win two, they will have at least the fifth seed with the possibility of higher, as we said before, depending on Hillel's game with Kushner this coming Motzei Shabbat, and Ramaz would take the sixth seed. So here's how I see it shaping out. I have Frisch at the top spot. I see TABC defeating SAR avenging and uh, also avenging their earlier loss to Heschel, so TABC will take the two seed. In the three seed, I have Hillel. I have Heschel losing to both Hafter and TABC, dropping them back to fourth. And because Hillel will win both of their remaining games, I have Hillel at the three and Heschel at the four. I have Ramaz at five because JEC will defeat Rambam, but I have them losing to Hillel. So this is uh, how the playoffs would then look. In the first round, the buys go to Frisch at the 1 and TABC at the 2. 
The first playoff matchup would be number three Hillel hosting number six JEC, a matchup of the game that they just played. And number four Heschel would host number five Ramaz in a cross-city battle that should see the stands packed for what both teams will hope will be another deep playoff run. Last year, if you remember, both these teams finished in the, at the top of the of the Varsity West, with Ramaz heading to the championship game, while Heschel fell short to North Shore, and the uh, both teams lost to North Shore uh, on their way to the championship. Heschel falling short in the semifinals. Only one of those teams will see it happen, though. Moving east, things are just a little more complex, so just follow along as much as you can. Right now, only four playoff tickets are clinched. Those belong to Hafter, DRS, North Shore, and YDE, Darche Eris. The two remaining spots will come down to Mag and David, Hank, and Flatbush. So let's take a look at the standings of these teams. Uh, at Number one so far is Hafter at 12-0. Two is DRS at 10-2. and In third place, North Shore at 9-3. In fourth is Mag and David at six and five. In fifth is YDE at six and six. But wait a minute, you might be saying, "Hey, uh, how does YDE clinch at six and six while Mag and David at six and five hasn't?" Give us a second. We'll explain. Hank sits in sixth at five and seven, and Flatbush uh, is still in contention at four and eight. So here's the remaining schedule for all of those teams. Hafter will face Heschel and North Shore. DRS still has to play North Shore and Frisch. North Shore has DRS and Hafter. Mag and David has three games remaining, Hank, Flatbush, and MTA. YDE has Derek Hattora and Hank. Hank has Mag and David and YDE. And, Flop- and Flatbush has Mag and David and Frisch. So the top seed in the division right now belongs to Hafter. They, they cannot be knocked off of their perch, uh, as they're perfect, and DRS can only at best tie them. Uh, but Hafter has the two regular season wins over DRS. So they'll await the lowest remaining seed from the Western Conference after their first round of play. As I said, the winner of those games recede, so the lowest will head to Hafter. The second and third seed, like out West, will be a battle. Uh, this will be between DRS and North Shore. Presently, DRS sits in the two spot at 10 and 2, while North Shore sits one game behind them at 9 and 3. DRS also happens to hold the tiebreak by virtue of their win over the Stars in mid-December. But much like the West 2 and 3 battle, uh, this can either come down to the last game of the year when they face each other, or it can be decided just prior to that. DRS and Frisch meet up on Wednesday. Should DRS win, North Shore will be forced to defeat Hafter next Sunday in order for the DRS-North Shore game to mean anything. If both win or both lose their initial games, the game that they play against each other will either decide the division uh, in the event of a DRS win, or it could send us to a tiebreak if North Shore wins that game. Head-to-head would be even. Percentage against playoff teams would depend on whether Flatbush and or Hank makes the playoffs. For that analysis, we're going to hold off until next week uh, to see when things sort itself out, or if it sorts itself out, because it would be a whole mash of if-thens and records that may not even matter, and honestly, we don't have that much time on this show. Uh, If the matter isn't resolved by next week, then we'll figure it all out for you. At that point, we'll take the time to actually do it. We actually have to figure out what we're going to do next week, because next week is Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, the Nakam Seagull Network is having its halftime show, and we have to sort of figure out what the timing is going to be with that. So I'll figure that out, uh, work with the powers that be, and we'll get back to you over the week and let you know what we're going to be doing with the court report next week. Now, let's get back. Those three teams, those three teams know where they're going to wind up. You know, Hafter, DRS, and North Shore know that they're going to be in the top three spots. The real fun sorts out below them. We're going to jump down to the fourth team to have clinched, YDE. 
YDE at 6 and 6 has clinched, whereas Mag and David at 6 and 5 has not, simply because of tiebreakers. YDE holds the tiebreakers over Hank and Flatbush, while Mag and David still has games remaining against the two. So right now, YDE is just battling for positioning. The battle for YDE is to wind up ahead of Mag and David, because the two split the season series, and it would just be easier if they didn't put their hands, uh, their fate in the hands of the tiebreak. YDE's best option is to beat their Hattorah and Hank, end up at 8-6, and six, and hope that Mag and David does not win more than one of their last two games. At the very least, though, YDE knows that they cannot be lower than the 6th seed. Now, down to the team still fighting, though. Mag and David needs only one win to lock up a spot. The good part for the Warriors is that all three teams that they face will have worse records for than them. Uh, the bad part, two of them are in direct competition with Mag and David for playoff spots. The only one who is not is MTA, who they'll face this coming Tuesday night. A win against MTA would give the Warriors cushion, but would not give them comfort by any means, mainly because of the race with YDE for the fourth spot, but also because they could theoretically end up in a tie with Hank. This part is clear, though. Uh, should they lose all three, Mag and David will be in danger of missing the playoffs pending the Flatbush-Frisch game. While Mag and David's path is somewhat convoluted, uh, the road for Hank and Flappers is clear. Hank, despite being 5-7, and seven, can still wind up taking 4th place at 7-7 seven and seven, should they take wins over Mag and David, uh, and should they take wins over Mag and David and YDE, but can only do so if Mag and David loses one of their other two remaining games against MTA or Flatbush, which would put them at a max of seven wins, as Hank would hold the tiebreak with both teams. At the least, though, Hank needs to clinch a playoff. You know, they only need they only need to clinch a playoff berth uh, and then deal with everything else. In order to do that, they cannot be tied with Flatbush, as the Falcons defeated them earlier on this year. So two wins would assure that, or a win and a Flatbush loss, or two Flatbush losses. That'll just get them ahead of Flatbush in order to clinch a playoff birth. For Flatbush, it's a matter of getting to a point where they are tied or ahead of Hank or tied with Mag and David. In either case, Flatbush would have the tiebreak. Best option, just win two and then pray after that. This is a mess, though, that will 95% be resolved by this time next week, as three games in this battle will be played over this coming week. Mag and David and MTA will play Tuesday, YDE and Hank will play Wednesday, and Mag and David and Flatbush will play next Monte Shabbos in a game that will absolutely pack the rafters in Yeshiva Flatbush. Now that we've pretty much given you the standings, though, we'll just skip ahead to the games that are going on this coming week. Tuesday night, we'll have two very big games, as TABC and SAR will play, and Mag and David and MTA will play, so it'll be big for those teams, obviously, in terms of their, uh, in terms of figuring out playoffs for both of them. Wednesday night has two games as well, after Heschel and Hank YDE. Thursday has two games as well, Frisch DRS, and what should be an extremely exciting game, probably the most exciting one coming down the back stretch. And SAR at Kushner in a game between two teams that are pretty much that are out of it already. Saturday, we'll, uh, Monte Shabbos will have two games: Kushner Hillel, Mag and David Flatbush. And Sunday, we'll have two games as well: Rambam JEC Hafter North Shore. So that's two, four, six, eight, ten games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, ten games. Uh, one of the biggest we've had in a very long time. Moving right along, we're going to uh, jump to the Jewish Hoops America Top 25 rankings for the week. So as you know, last week I uh, was very vocal, in my opinions, about the way that the poll shaped out last week, with Hafter uh, and DRS ending up as they were. Again, no issue with the fact that Frisch ended up at the top. Um, I take issue with what transpired below them. Uh, So 
this was one of those weeks where I got to take advantage of the relationships that I've formed. One of the great things about this league and about being around it so often is that you get to meet some exceptionally bright and exceptionally passionate individuals who can really give you insight and depth into what goes on in the inner working. So it's an honor for me to say and to believe that I've managed to foster relationships like that over the last 10 years, and this is one of the areas. So over the last week, I had the opportunity to talk to a few people around the leagues and gauge their reaction, and to some, their reactions to my reactions last week. Let's take a look at the at this week's rankings, though, before we do that. So Frisch still at the top. Uh, Frisch 18 and one at uh, number one, three three first results. I don't argue with Frisch being there. I think Frisch to this point has played well enough to be the number one team. DRS at two, Hafter at three. As always, that as I said last week, that's my biggest issue having DRS ahead of Hafter. We'll get back to it in a second. North Shore at the four. Eula at the five. That stays the same. Heschel also at the six. Again, you have five of the top six being Yeshiva League teams. TABC is at ninth. Hillel at 13th, moving up a spot from 14. Ramaz at 17, uh, dropping back two slots. Again, Ramaz's season is finished, so they're just awaiting now. They'll probably end up falling a little bit more. JEC stays at 18, right behind them. Flopush at 22, also staying the same. Hank uh, jumping up to 23 from 24th. I guess they were still people were still impressed by their showing from the Saturn tournament. Uh, SAR just on the outside looking in and all the way down YDE at number two. Uh, sorry, with two votes. Um, so, anyways, getting back to getting back to my reaction from last week and the reaction to my reaction. Like I said, I had the chance to speak with a few people who who have a little bit more of an insight. Again, I'm going to be perfectly honest with people. I'm a hockey guy. Started out as a hockey guy, worked my way up the ranks as a hockey guy, got into basketball a couple of years ago. So I'm not one, or at least I don't really necessarily believe I'm one that can tell you everything about the basketball leagues. But when it comes down to it, I think this year I've had enough of a um, of a, a hand in things to know what's going on, in at least as it pertains to the Yeshiva League. I can't say nationwide. Definitely not. I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know... Whether or not Eula is better than Beth I wouldn't be able to tell you whether or not Shalhevet is, is, you know, should actually be ahead of Nuju. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to two Yeshiva League teams that I've been following all year, that I think I, you know, I think I can actually have a good debate with you on. And this was an area where I felt I, that there was, you know, I really had, I really had some, some strong opinions about. So I spoke with a couple of them, and, yeah, they were. They gave. They gave me a couple of good points, but I still wasn't satisfied. You know, the point about it being, oh well, Hafter, you know, Hafter only beat them by a couple of points, beat them in overtime, and then when it came to this, DRS was shorthanded and and beat them by a lot. So I'm going to say this. I don't think that that merits Hafter dropping below DRS. For my money, Hafter has beaten DRS twice in games that matter more than a champion than, than a tournament championship. Like I said last week, as Avi Bornstein said when we did the basketball preview, a tournament is a tournament. It's not the regular season. It gives people a chance to expand more. You want everybody to play. Yeah, it's a championship. I understand it's a championship, and it's uh, people consider the Saturn tournament to be a very big tournament. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the regular season play, when you look at what Hafter has done all year, Hafter won two tournaments to begin the year. Yes, back in October. I understand that. It was that long ago. 
But let's also remember, Hafter just beat DRS two weeks ago. We're not talking about games that happened two months ago. Hafter beat DRS. Now, people are going to say, well, look, Hafter may not have had been having a couple of good weeks. So my argument to that is, yeah, well, even though they weren't having good weeks, you still ranked them number one during that period of time. It's kind of it's kind of backward to go back and say now, well, just because Hafter lost now, that validates our feelings that over the last few weeks they weren't doing well. If they weren't doing well over the two weeks before, why didn't you vote them that way? Why didn't you say, hey, they're not playing like the best team? So we're not going to give them the best. We're not going to give them my vote for the best team. The answer is you didn't. You gave them your first place vote. So here's my thoughts on it. My thoughts on it was that during that time period, the voters were just a little afraid that they were going to be the one called to the carpet for saying, "Hey, you know, Hatcher's undefeated, and look what you did. You you gave them. You you took away your first place vote from them. And because they're undefeated, you know, now they're undefeated. People are like, haha, they didn't want to be the center of ridicule." And now that and now that Hafter's actually lost the game, it's their chance to say, "Hey, you know what? This is this is the way it should be." And this is that's to me that's kind of backward. If you feel that they're not the best team, you vote them not the best team. But you can't go back two weeks later and say, "You know, that's something that I'm taking into consideration." Now, when you didn't take into consideration then, if you're scared by the fact that they're undefeated, then you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be a pollster. You know, you gotta you gotta go with what's true. When it comes to this, when it comes to what I do for hockey, I'm gonna admit, when it comes to the hockey rankings, that's all me. So that I take that upon myself for anything that might not be a hundred percent true. But the fact of the matter is, if TABC didn't deserve to be number one in varsity, I wouldn't rank them number one, even if they're undefeated. You know, if Hafter, who was number two, was better than them and the only reason why TABC was number one is because they were undefeated, I'm not doing my job. I am not giving you the honest truth. You know, if TABC were to lose to Frisch, though, would I drop them behind Hafter now? No, I would, I, you know, this coming, because this coming week, TABC and Frisch play. No, I would have to believe that TABC had already earned the right to not be questioned that they're above Hafter. You know, they beat them. They beat them head-to-head. And they beat them convincingly. Hafter basketball beat DRS twice in the regular season. They got the job done for one day. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe a couple of them got up on the wrong side of the bed. But the fact of the matter is, are have they proven that they deserve to be in the number? Not, I'm not going to say number one. Forget number one. They, right now, Frisch is the number one team. They deserve to be the number one team. But putting one ahead of the other, putting Hafter ahead of, sorry, putting DRS ahead of Hafter, you can't do that. I, I just personally, I, I still take issue with it. I personally believe that Hafter has done everything they need to. They've their, their body of work says more than DRS's. Was DRS short-handed? Yeah. Did Hafter lose one game to them? Yeah. That's one day. It was one day where they had issue. I cannot say that that means that overall, everything that they've done beforehand for me, that that should not be taken into consideration anymore. In truth, I look at it and say, hey, you know, Hafter could have beaten them four more times by the same result, by two or three or five or six or eight points. It was six or eight points, so let's let's call a spade a spade. This was, you know, higher single-digit games. But essentially what the voters are saying is that Hafter could have beaten them two more times, but because DRS did this once to them, that this matters more than than anything else that happened. So... 
again, when it comes to when it comes to hockey, you know, when it comes to hockey, it's just me. When it comes to basketball, there are eleven voters. So all eleven voters now have to look at it and say, hey, you know what? This is this is criteria that we're using. It's just it just seems way more arbitrary than 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 the formula that I use for hockey. Um, but that's pretty much it. Again, I'm not doing this to to bash or berate. I'm, my my issue is not with the people. My issues are with the process. And I really can't see how a team like Hafter that has done so much this year. They've won 23 games. They lost one. They had did they have a, a little bit of a of a bad stretch last week with the, with the Hank game and the and the uh, the DRS game. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a look at it. In the two games that I can point out from the last from the last month, the Flatbush game where they only won by three, and the Hank game where they only won by a few in the Saturn tournament. Let's remember something, people. Flatbush and Hank came to play those games too. You know, Flatbush and Hank wanted a win. They came to win those games. I can't fault Hafter for facing a team that wants to win a game against them. I give them credit for still winning those games. And as exciting as the Flappish Hank game, uh, Flappish Hafter game was, uh, you know, Hafter clearly showed that they were the better team. There's no question about that. So again, you know, just my this is just my take. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it to be gospel. When it comes to hockey, again, that's something I can do on my own, and I can defend what I want, what I say. The point of the matter is, somebody comes at me and, or or challenges what I what I have down for hockey. I have an argument. At the very least, I have an argument. I don't agree with the arguments that are being given to me here. I'm not a voter. I'm just a voice. And that's pretty much how it's going to stay for the time being, I guess. Either way, Hafter takes a division, and DRS is fighting for the two-seed in the division. We'll see how that works out over the week. Moving over to JV basketball now, we're going to start off in the West. Right now, five teams have clinched playoff berths, those being SAR, MTA, Frisch, Ramaz, and TABC. There are two teams still fighting for that last playoff berth, and that is Heschel and JEC. Heschel would have an opportunity to clinch their spot this week uh, as uh, they faced SAR. Uh, it's the only JV basketball game played. And SAR coming off of a Boca trip last week and held small leads early until Heschel took an 8-7 lead late in the first quarter on a Jonathan Mack lane, extended by an Elon Orgel uncontested layup, and an Itamar Aronson bucket to give Heschel a 12-9 lead coming out of the opening quarter of play. Heschel controlled much of the play in the first half of the second quarter, outscoring the Sting 6-2 before SAR used the last three minutes to close the gap back to a four-point deficit, with the Heat leading 20-16 at the half. Third quarter was not a very offensive-filled period, only eight points scored between the two until the final 30 seconds of play. The last bit saw each team drop two points, but SAR's slight quarter advantage had cut the Heschel lead to two, 25-23. In the fourth quarter, SAR's offense would come alive. Uh, to start the fourth, Daniel Wazatsky would nail a three, countered by Ilan Orgel at the other end, and Heschel would maintain a two-point lead. On the next SAR possession, though, Wazatsky would hit another one to give the SAR Sting a 29-28 lead that it would not let go of the rest of the night. A Zach Reich lay in a few minutes later, and two Sammy Sokol foul shots, and SAR would build a five-point lead. 34 to 29 with three minutes to go in the game. From there on out, SIR would take over. Heschel would only score one more point the rest of the night, with the Sting completing a comeback to defeat the Heat by 10, 40 to 30. 
Standing so far, we'll do the same uh, the same analysis that we just did with Varsity. SAR is uh, at the top spot at eight and one. MTA at seven and one. First behind them at six and two. Ramaz finished their season out at five and five. TABC is currently four and four. Heschel's four and five, and JEC is three and six. Game still left. SAR has MTA in a game that we'll cover more fully in a minute. MTA has SAR and Frisch. Frisch has MTA and TABC. Ramaz has no games left, like every other team that Ramaz has right now. Go figure. TABC has Heschel and Frisch. Heschel has TABC, and JEC has Hillel. So the West is going to be an extremely hard follow because each win and loss will set off a chain reaction because of the matchups that are left. There are so many three-car pileups left and right, it would be better drawing an arrow diagram for all of you and sticking that up on the site. I'm going to see if I can actually get that done uh, before uh, before next week, but I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't bet on it. It's just not enough time to go through all that. So follow along whatever you can, and hopefully I can help explain what can be you know, everything as it goes along. Or next week, everything will just sort itself out. Starting out at the top, we have a real race for the division title that could be decided Tuesday night between SAR and MTA. SAR is now 8-1, a one win ahead of MTA. Should SAR win, they would eventually have lost to the Lions earlier this season and improve to 9-1 and, and clinch the division crown as MTA would fall to 7-2. and two. Then it would come down to MTA and Frisch, both with two losses fighting for the second seed. In that case, the game between MTA and Frisch would be for the second seed. If MTA won that game, they'd be 8-2, with Frisch at best 7-3. and three. Should Frisch win, Frisch would be 7-2 and two with MTA at 7-3. and three. And even if Frisch were to lose to TABC, they'll still have swept MTA in the season series. So the finish would be SAR 1, Frisch 2, and MTA with the third seed. Now, traveling back to the SAR-MTA game. Should MTA win over SAR, MTA is 8-1. SAR is eight and two. Now this seems innocent, but when you but you need to remember though that Frisch is right there. Frisch has already beaten MTA once this season and is now facing a TABC team that, outside of a quarter, was completely outplayed by the Cougars earlier. There is a very real possibility that we could have three teams tied at eight and two. If that happens, here is how the tiebreak would play out. Frisch would be two and one with two wins over MTA and one loss to SAR. MTA would be two and two with two wins over SAR and two losses to Frisch, and SAR would be one and two with one win over Frisch and two losses to MTA. And so we'd have Frisch as our division champion, with MTA in the two spot and SAR in the three spot. Funny, um, girls, uh, girls, varsity West uh, enthusiasts are going, "Hey, wait a minute! Doesn't that sound exactly like what we have going on?" And the answer is, "Yeah." So uh, Frisch and SAR could find themselves uh, could find their varsity uh, basketball teams in a really, really, really interesting uh, finish to their season, depending on what happens over the week. Should MTA win out, though, they would have taken the division crown with MTA, with SAR taking the two and Frisch the three. This is easiest for people like announcer me, but this is probably the least fun for people like psychoanalysis me. Uh, emphasis on the psycho part. Uh, this is how it is at the top, though. <laughs> These three are guaranteed to have a one through three slot. Below them is where there's all the fun. Ramaz and TABC are already win are already in. They just need to figure out where they go. Uh, Ramaz has zero control over where they finish, so uh, they know though that'll either be the fourth or fifth spot. 
They'll finish fourth if TABC beats Heschel and loses to Frisch. Because this would have Ramaz and TABC at 5-5, five and five, and Heschel or JEC with only four wins. It's important for Ramaz that they finish ahead of Heschel, because Heschel split the season series with them, but Heschel would then have two more wins over... Play- sorry, would then have two wins over playoff opponents for Ramaz's one. Heschel would finish with a with a .4 uh, percentage against uh, playoff teams, while Ramaz will have .25, as Heschel would have one two of five, while Ramaz would only have one one of four. TABC does not have a tiebreaker with them. They finish fifth if T, uh, we're talking about Ramaz now. Ramaz will finish fifth if TABC defeats both Frisch and Heschel. The only fun scenario is if Heschel defeats TABC and TABC defeats Frisch. All three teams would end up at five and five. Head to head would go like this: Ramaz at two and one. Uh, one Heschel win and one TABC win, and one loss to Heschel. Then you have Heschel at 2-1. and one. Uh, Heschel split with Ramaz and has a TABC win. TABC would be 0-2 with losses to both. So in this case, Ramaz would be the 4 seed, Heschel would be the 5 seed, and TABC would be the 6 seed. Now, a little. those are a little more speculative. Now, in terms of the race for the 6th spot, it's down to Heschel or JEC. Simple math. A Heschel win over TABC or a JEC loss to Hillel, will eliminate JEC. A Heschel loss to TABC and a JEC win over Hillel, um, Heschel would be eliminated because JEC holds the tiebreak. So here is how I think the West is going to wind up. I have SAR uh, avenging the loss and defeating MTA this week. So I think M- I think SAR will take the one spot. I have Frisch also coming and defeating MTA, so as they did earlier this season. So I have SAR at the one, I have Frisch at the two, MTA at the three. Uh, I see Frisch defeating TABC, so I think Ramaz stays at the four, TABC at the five, and I see... Um, I see JEC jumping over Heschel to take the sixth seed. So I will say this. I have, so as I said, I have SAR and Frisch. Uh, there's MTA against JEC to start off the, uh, to start off the playoffs. Three MTA, six, six JEC. And four, five will be Ramaz and TABC. Now, moving over to the East, three teams have clinched playoff berths. Uh, Flatbush, Hafter, and North Shore. But behind them sit six teams. So six teams in the East still have a shot at the postseason, but only half are going to make the cut. Those six teams are DRS, Rambam, Hank, Shari Tora, YDE, and Magan David. Now, looking at the standings, Flappers is 9-0, and Hafter is 7-1, and North Shore 7-2, and DRS at 4-4, four and four, Rambam and Hank at 4-5, and five, Shari at three and six, YDE and Mag and David. Sorry, Shari at three and five, and YDE and Mag and David both at three and six. The remaining games essentially going to be the remaining games comprising the Eastern Division because the only team not looking at postseason play is Ezra, and they have completed their season already. So Flopbush has Mag and David. Hafter has DRS and Shari Torah. North Shore has just Shari Torah. DRS has Hafter and Rambam. Rambam has only D- that DRS game. Hank has YDE, Shari Torah has North Shore and Hafter, YDE, YDE only has Hank, Megan David has Flappish. Just like the two varsity divisions, the East number one is all locked up. Flappish at 9-0 and will battle Megan David Saturday night for what will essentially just be an undefeated record. They'll have a first round bye and will await the lowest remaining seed for, uh, from the West in the second round of play. 
Hafter and North Shore will fight for the second and third spot. Uh, right now, Hafter is sitting pretty. The two teams sit tied in wins, but North Shore has one more loss uh, than than the Hawks do. The Hawks hold the tiebreak advantage, too. So if Hafter wins one of their two remaining games, or North Shore loses to Shari Torah, Hafter will take the second seed, while North Shore will be relegated to the three spot and hosting a first-round home game. However, if Hafter loses its two remaining games and North Shore defeats Shari Torah, North Shore will overtake Hafter and will earn a break from the first round of play. Beyond them, though, is a mess. So much can happen. For DRS, the defending JV champions, two wins will clinch the fourth seed. Uh, the easiest thing for DRS is to win one game. One win will put them at five, uh, five wins, a mark that YDE and Mag and David cannot reach, and Shari Toro can only tie, but DRS holds the tiebreaker over Shari. That'll clinch a playoff berth for them, but it will leave their seed in doubt. If DRS goes one-on-one, it depends on who they beat. If they beat Rombaum, they'll lock up the fifth seed, but can still take fourth with a Hank loss to YDE. If they lost to Rombaum, though, and beat Hafter, DRS can find themselves falling to sixth if Hank wins over YDE. So they need to be very careful, though. Should they lose both of their remaining games, they are going to need a lot of help. Because Rombaum would jump them on wins, while Hank holds a tiebreaker over DRS. At that point, Shari Tor with two wins, albeit over Hafter and North Shore, uh, that's what they would need, could get to five, uh, to get to five wins and knock DRS out of the playoffs entirely. For Rombaum, they can either finish at five and five or four and six. Five and five will clinch a playoff berth. Uh, four and six will then have them depending on Shari, Hank, and Megan David. Rambam loses tiebreakers to Hank and Mag and David, but would gain the edge should Shari Torah only tie them. For Hank, they can also either finish at 5-5 five and five or 4-6. and six. At 5-5, five and five, they would have a playoff berth and would have at least the fifth seed. If DRS were to finish at 5-5, five and five, Hank would then clinch the fourth seed. If Hank finishes at 4-6, and six, they are in trouble. YDE would jump them on tiebreak because they just beat them. Uh, either DRS or Rambam would gain a fifth win because of the game they play against each other, meaning that at least one of them will jump Hank. And if DRS were to beat Hafter and lose to Rambam, they would both have five wins, meaning that Hank at four and six would be completely eliminated. Hank would also lose a tiebreaker at four and six with Mag and David, should Mag and David defeat Flatbush. Shari would need to win both of their remaining games and hope for a goose egg from the Canes to surpass Hank, though. Uh, for Shari Tor, the only thing that'll get them to the playoffs, like I just said, will be two wins and help in the form of DRS, Rambam, or Hank not hitting five wins. At four wins, they would be tied with Hank, Rambam, and DRS, all of whom hold the tiebreak over the stars. For YDE and Mag and David, it's all about winning and praying. YDE has Hank and Mag and David has Flatbush. For YDE, a, a win puts them at four wins. Rambam and DRS would still be ahead of them. Hank would be tied with them, but YDE would hold a tiebreak because of the win that they would have just picked up. At that point, YDE would need two Shari Torah losses to earn the sixth seed. Pretty much all that they can do. Bag and David is in somewhat better fashion. One win puts them at four and six. DRS would be the only four-win team ahead of them as they hold tiebreakers, Megan David does, over Rambam and Hank, and it would force Rambam and Hank to win to jump the Warriors. It would also force uh, Shari to win two games to do the same. There are probably a boatload of other scenarios, and I probably confused all of you at this point, uh, but I only really do have an hour. 
So this will again be mostly sorted out over the next seven days. I just wanted to give you guys uh, as much as I could so that you can digest all of it. But if it's too much, don't worry. Within the next seven days, I guarantee you, most of this will be sorted out. Uh, and then next week when we come back here, we'll have a much clearer picture to work through this, well, work with. If it's still this complicated, um, I have to start worrying and the league has to start worrying. And I think teams are going to start worrying, too, about where they're going to end up. Taking a look over the next week of action. As everyone comes back from vacation, Wednesday night, we'll see Hank and YDE square off. Thursday, we'll have three games, SAR and MTA, Rambam and DRS, and Frisch and TABC. And then we'll have Motze Shabbos, where we'll have three games with Mag and David Flapush, Shari Torah Hafter, and Kushner Hillel. You are listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. I am your host, Elliot Weiselberg, and we are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. All right, so we basically just spent the last 40 minutes talking about basketball. So we're going to quickly move on to hockey, and we're going to uh, do whatever we can in the next 15 minutes and maybe work our way back around to girls' basketball just to give you a little bit on the week. Essentially, I'm just going to go through the games of the week, just give you a little reminder, because there were no games over the past week in either JV or varsity, so standings and rankings remain the same. The only thing that changes is the action for the week ahead. Let's start off with JV. Just to remind you with the standings before we dive into the week ahead. Uh, in the East, Rombaum in first place with 18 points. DRS and Flatbush right behind them with 12. Uh, Hank uh, at 11. North Shore at 9. Hafter and Mag and David tied at 8. Uh, but Hafter is at 4-4. Four and four, While Mag and David's season is done at 4-6. and six. Shari Tor and YDE tied at 2. Out in the West... SAR at 16. Behind them is Frisch and TABC at 12. Behind them, JEC and MTA at 10. JEC at 5 and 3. Uh, MTA at 5 and 5. MTA locked into that fifth spot. Behind them is Ramaz, whose season is finished. They are they finished at 3, 6, and 1 with 7 points. Hillal with 4 points. And Westchester at 0 and 9 with 0 points. Now, looking to the games on the week, both the East and the West have playoff impacting games this coming week. And in the West, it starts on Wednesday with Hillal and JEC. Earlier this season, the Thunder blanked the Heat 5 nothing. Hillel at 2-7 and seven has nothing left to fight for in what will be their last game of the season. JEC needs this win to keep the hopes of not having to play a preliminary playoff game alive. A loss will ensure that they will have the West 4 seed and host the East 5 seed to begin the postseason. Thursday will feature the game of the week at the top of the West. Frisch and SAR will meet up in what could decide the number one seed in the West heading into the playoffs. Earlier in the year, SAR upended the Cougars in the rink in the hive 5-3. to three. Following a loss to TABC, the Cougars are looking to reinstill faith in their followers that the talented team can pull home their first JV championship. Standing in their way is a team that has been executing on all cylinders this year, though SAR is undefeated and with a win can lock up the number one spot for the division, meaning that the playoffs will run through the hive. This will be SAR's biggest test away from their rink and should tell us a lot about how they could fare should they reach Lawrence Middle School. The biggest question in uh, the big question is here whether or not freshman phenom Gordy Kolb will play, considering that SAR could still decide to give him another few days of rest, given how they played against Ramaz last week and the fact that they still have another game to play after this. A loss will give Frisch a chance at the top seed. For us, sorry, a law, an SAR loss will give Frisch a chance at the top seed, but it would also, but then Frisch would also need SAR to drop their last game in order for that to be a factor. 
The final West game features TABC and Westchester this Saturday night. Westchester is just playing out the string while TABC is looking to to up their claim to the second seed in the West and give themselves more options going into Frisch next week. In the East, the three games on the week will serve to impact the second and third seeds. Flopish and DRS will both be in action on Thursday night against the two teams at the bottom of the division, Shari Torah and YDE, respectively. Both should be wins for the higher-ranked teams, but you never know. Should one of them fall, the other would be handed an amazing opportunity to close down the second seed in their last games of the season. For DRS, that would be the game with Hafter on Saturday night. Hafter's in the midst of a desperation run to gain entry into the playoffs and needs one win in their final two games. A win against DRS would be icing on the cake for Hafter Faithful, just looking for any more reason to claim superiority over their rivals. Hafter is rooting for Shari Torah and YDE to keep, the, to keep their hopes at the second uh, seed alive, but it's looking more and more like Hafter may just miss out on the playoffs, at least North Shore hopes so. Moving over to Varsity, let's do the same thing there. In the East, Hafter leads uh, 10-1-1. They have 21 points. DRS behind them at 20 points. Hank uh, at 15, North Shore at 10, Rambam at 9, Flatbush at 7, Solomon Schechter and Mag and David each with 4. Mag and David's season is done. Looking out west, TABC is 22 points. Uh, they are one away from clinching the division. SAR at 9-2-1 with 19 points. Ramaz this season is finished at 8-6 with 16 points. Kushner right behind them at 15. MTA right behind them at 14. Frisch with 11. And JEC and Heschel round up the division at 6-2. Varsity Hockey has 12 games on the week ahead. Split, well, almost split evenly. You'll see why in a second. Starting out west, tomorrow night will feature two teams playing out their string, JEC and Heschel. Neither have much left to fight for. Tuesday, we'll see MTA and SAR do battle. SAR, winners of their last meeting in the Hive, looking to close out the second seed in the West and can do so with a win. MTA, looking to punch their postseason ticket, can do so with a win and can also keep their shot at escaping a preliminary game alive in the process. Also looking to keep their shot at the second seat alive will be Kushner this coming Wednesday night when they host Flatbush in one of the last interconference games of the year. Just a friendly reminder that the West is 10-1-2 in interconference games on the year. The East's only win so far is Mag and David over Heschel. Both teams need this game for their particular playoff runs. Kushner is not in as dire straits as Flappers, though, as the Falcons are three games below 500, albeit in a weak East. Flappers plays three games this week. We'll get to the other two in a moment. Uh, Wednesday also sees MTA take on JEC in another necessary game for MTA, as we just mentioned, fighting to at least clinch a spot in the playoffs. JEC, not so much. Thursday, we'll see Frisch and SAR face off in Frisch's first post-vacation must-win game. The Cougars, on the short end of the last meeting between these two and SAR in overtime, are hoping that the home court advantage here will help sway the game in their favor. It better, or else they're done for. Also in action Thursday will be TABC and Heschel in a game that can and likely will see the Storm wrap up the number one seed in the West. Moving east, Monday night features two games, Hank and North Shore and Rambam Solomon Schechter. Hank is pretty much locked into the third seed, unless Flatbush makes a very interesting run to end their season. Uh, They'll just look to play spoiler for the Stars, as North Shore is on shaky ground, even though they are a point up on Rambam and three up on Flatbush. The Stars have been the most inconsistent team on the year, but will look to avenge a 4-2 loss to the Hurricanes a month ago and punch their postseason ticket at the same time. Rambam is looking to inch closer to a similar 
spot and knocked Solomon Schechter out of a chance to make a late run at the same. A Raven win would give them cushion heading into their Flatbush game later on in the week, as we'll get to in a moment. Wednesday night, we'll see Hank and Solomon Schechter meet up in what could be a meaningless game if their Monday night action holds the form. Hank may still need this game, though, to clinch the third seed if it does not get the job in their game on Monday night. Thursday night, we'll see the game that will likely decide the final entrance into the East playoff picture. As I just said, Rambam and Flatbush will play their second games on the week. Flatbush their second in 24 hours. A Rambam win, even with a loss to Solomon Schechter earlier in the week, uh, will lock up a Raven playoff berth and will all but knock Flatbush from having any chance to make the postseason. Uh, depending on what happens with North Shore, it could be the end of, Ram- of Flatbush's season as well. Uh, Saturday night, we'll see Hafter and DRS square off in the game that will put the fate of the division in the hands of the winner. A Hafter win, and they'll take home the top prize. A DRS win, something they failed to accomplish at home, losing 2-1 to to the Hawks earlier this season, and they'll have control going into their last game of this season against TABC next week. Finally, Sunday will feature Flopush and Solomon Schechter in the third game on the week for both teams. Uh, this game could really be meaningless, or it can mean the season for one of these two teams. Solomon Schechter surprised the Falcons earlier this season in a game that sent Flopush's season into a tailspin, upsetting them one nothing on a goal 35 seconds into the game. If things fall right for Flopush, though, this Super Bowl Sunday game could also be for a playoff spot. So stay tuned to see exactly how this turns out. Let's make our way back over to uh, girls sports very quickly. We'll go with girls varsity A and their schedule for the week. Monday we'll see Maya Note travel to SAR. Tuesday we'll have Hank and Central doing battle. Wednesday we'll have Hank playing a second game in 24 hours traveling to Flatbush. Thursday we'll have Heschel and Hafter. And Sunday we'll have Hillel and Frisch. Moving over to girls B... Uh, Elon and SKA will face off Wednesday night. Thursday, we'll see a triple set of action. Bruria taking on Chalhevet. Shari taking on SKA and SKA, second game in 24 hours. And Chalamus and Mag and David doing battle, setting up for Sunday's Elon Mag and David game, which, as we talked about the last two weeks, could mean a lot of uh, headaches for the league. Moving over finally to Girls JV. Uh, not too many games on the week. Not too many games in general left for them. Three of their final four games are over the next week. Tuesday, we'll see Central traveling to North Shore. Thursday, we'll have Maya Note traveling to Westchester. And next Sunday, we will see Hafter and SAR doing battle. Let's quickly run over to our words from the wise for the week. Another John Wooden quote. Uh, Being average means you are as close to the bottom as you are to the top. It's another way of saying don't just strive to be average because if you're average, you're just in the middle and you're not really reaching for your potential. The more you strive to be the best, the closer you'll be to the top and further away you'll be from the bottom. Just don't look to be in the middle. Try to be the best that you can be and the very best form of yourself possible. Don't settle for just being in the middle there. So while we have about five more minutes or so left of today's show, I'm going to get back to some of the things I wanted to discuss in the intro. Just a couple of things coming up, because we're coming to the end of the year. We'll, uh, there'll obviously be some fun stuff happening over the next few months. First, in terms of the Yeshiva Basketball League 
All-Star Game. That's going to be coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, well, information for that will be coming up for the next few weeks. And the same thing with the Yeshiva Hockey League All-Star Game. It's the uh, second occurrence of the Esther Semmelman Memorial All-Star Game. I believe it's happening at the end of April. I'll get a date for you uh, firm next week. And uh, over the next few weeks, we'll do some discussions into uh, who may be selected, how it's going to happen, what the uh, what the implications of the game are, and uh, how you can join such a fun event. And uh, last year, I, I happened to be a part of it, and I had a ton of fun. Uh, just the lead up and the game itself, the day itself is just an amazing experience and I was glad to be a part of it and hopefully I'll get the chance to do so this year and hopefully you will as well. Also coming up, um, we've started preparing for the 2015 Martin Weiselberg Memorial Junior High Hockey Tournament. Um, this is going to be the 10th tournament and uh, we've already started work on making sure that this is the best one yet. Over the next few weeks we're going to end up putting out uh, a couple of things as the hope is that the event will be uh, sometime towards the end of May, which make next week about the 100-day mark. Uh, we're going to start putting up prizes, we're going to put the website back up, and we're going to give out uh, some information just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And so those of you that want to start uh, contributing and want to start looking at the awesome prizes and putting in money for the awesome prizes, we got some really good ones this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what everybody does with it, to seeing what the teams do. I can't wait this uh this year should really be one of the better ones, and I'm really looking forward to seeing exactly what happens. Again, that's the Martin Weiselberg Junior High Memorial Hockey Tournament. Hopefully over the next couple of days, we'll have the tournament website back up, www.mwtournament.com, and you can go and you can start donating. Last year, we raised over $10,000. We are upping the ante this year, and it's for a very, very, very good cause for Hatzala. So for those of you looking for uh, an opportunity to put your MISO money someplace or just looking to uh, give yourself a chance to win some really great sports memorabilia, this is definitely the chance to do so. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you'd like to actually help at the event, we are looking for volunteers to uh, to assist at the event. I know there over the last couple of years we've had several uh, alumni come back and participate as a volunteer, and uh, hopefully people will be looking to do the same. So if you're interested, please uh, give me a call, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook, let me know. More than happy to have you involved. So uh, we'll get all the information for you over the next couple of weeks, especially a date, and uh, we'll move forward from there. But looking to make this year the 10th event the best one yet. All right, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, again, uh, next week, i got to find out exactly what we're going to be doing. I don't know if we'll be on in this slot. I don't know if we're on an earlier slot. I don't know if we'll be limited to a half hour. I don't know what the story is going to be with the uh, NSN halftime show, but tune into that next week. It's going to be a an awesome, awesome, spectacular event, just like last year's was. Uh, I will hopefully get that to you over the week as to what we will be doing so that the faithful listeners of the Court Report can tune in once again. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, J.M. in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. 
Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 720 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. Also, if you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook yet, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com